that day we had 18 carbs, or I had 18 carbs, 84 grams of protein, 142 um, fat. I needed a lot more fat. Yeah, but it felt like a lot, and we were just going like we were. And that's why I bring, how do we get bring it up? Is all this we didn't fat. we didn't close the the, the rings circle, the rings on any of them. Hey, y'all, put on your boots, grab your headphones, and let's get a little muddy as we build a community rooted in the love of dirt roads, whether dust or mud. Welcome to the Dust or Mud podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the Dust or Mud podcast. I am Shelly McGlamory, and this is my husband, Rich. I'm Rich. Yeah. And we are on a journey right now. And we're talking about our journey through our food, um, what we eat, why we eat it, and what we do um, as far as uh, our diet is concerned. Um, but welcome back. And a brief recap of last week, we discussed how our country got here. Yeah, we started it basically, I, I believe, with Ansel Keys mm-hmm. and some junk science that led to um, uh, the generation of government guidelines and food pyramid and cholesterol is bad and sh- uh, low fat is good, high carbohydrate is good. Right. Like we, we really dove pretty deep into how we got to the standard, what what a lot of folks consider the standard American diet. Or the sad diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and kind of debunk some myths about how carbs or the lack of carbs affected have affected us yeah. and do affect you uh, across across the board. Anyway, check out episode 14 if you're interested in how we got to where we are with our current yeah, we eating talked, regimen. talked quite a bit about the research and stuff. Right. We didn't really talk about what we eat. We really talked about how how we got to right the the, the journey that we took, like you mentioned earlier, the right. journey that we took to get to and are currently where we still are on. Yeah, it is a. I think our what we eat is an ever evolving thing, and how we how much how much we eat of what we kind of we could talk about it if you want talk it with eating with the seasons yeah so yeah let's do that okay let's talk about that so that leads us to today today this episode our dietary well what we eat yeah fair. <laughs> just what, we, what do you eat in a day whatever you're a low carb High fat, moderate protein, vor. Right. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I mean, as we were looking at last week's episode, it looked like, man, this is going to just be too much to talk about all in one episode. And so we had decided, let's sec- segment out what we eat, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that separately. And then one of our friends, after listening to the episode, was like, you've got to talk about what you eat. Yeah. So that that really led us to um, a, yeah, that's definitely what we'll do this episode. So here we go. Okay. So we made an initial switch. We did. And we talked about it last week in 2019. 
we switched from standard American diet, what we consider to be relatively healthy, to a ketogenic diet. Yep. And that initial switch, we were we did a lot of research, but we were quite um, lost as to what to really do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were... We look at food labels. We looked at food labels a lot, sure. but it was always calories and fat, right? Like it, it right. really stopped about there. Right. If the calories are low and the fat is low, it must be good for us, and we ate it. Yeah. And if the calories were high and the fat was high, it was probably bad for us, and we probably ate it anyway. Right. 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 So, like the looking at food labels, that wasn't new to us. But I hadn't ever really paid any attention at all to carbs. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the concept of a low-carb diet, I really... I well, we started looking at that. We were talking about the food pyramid. It needed to be turned upside down. How we read food labels was turned upside down. Yeah. We were looking at things completely in reverse of what we always had. That's right opposite yeah. of everything that we knew. Yeah. The the first thing that we did, though, even before we started really looking at food labels, was we downloaded an app onto our iPhones called Carb Manager. Yeah. C-A-R-B, Carb Manager. And we went ahead right then and paid for the premium version because it gave recipes and stuff because we were basically just saying we've got to have help this yeah. is different but than, we have no idea what we're yeah, doing this is different than the way we've ever looked at food and so we have got to have help if we're going to do this um we, yeah. we we need some help with this and so we downloaded carb manager and then started a fairly meticulous tracking of what we were eating we did and i don't like tracking I don't like calorie counting. I don't like macro counting. I don't like I I don't like doing that. But because we were so but clueless. We did really. I felt like I didn't really have a choice because I was we were so clueless. Yeah. As to honestly how many carbs were in anything. And that's not a place that we like to be ever in ever. our lives. Thank you very much. Yeah. Ever. Is like clueless. clueless. Like, uh, no. no. <laughs> no. no, no, we do not like to be clueless about anything. And so we, we've like really needed help. Yeah. Because we started, it is a great app. we started the journey saying, we know we want to do it, yeah. but we don't know how. And that, that's very different for us. That's not right. normally how we do things. We normally research a lot first. Yes. And this one we did not. So we, we got, right. we got the app mm -hmm. and, and started uh, on the journey, and uh, I, I actually I was going to say, yeah, you pulled it up. I did because you were interested and went way back to February fifth, twenty nineteen. I went back to February fifth, twenty nineteen, and I looked at our what we had, or what at least what I had, and breakfast was my normal breakfast, mm -hmm. so not keto. Mm -hmm. I I had a Bob Evans English muffin, sausage, egg, and cheese. 24 grams of carbs. And then the lunch was exactly what we had talked about, our first keto meal mm -hmm. um, I mentioned last week. So lunch was the hamburger, bacon, salad greens, ranch dressing, cheese slice, and mayo for a total of four carbs. 
in lunch. Right. And then moved on to dinner. It was broccoli. Keto grade on that was limit. And we were like... Limit broccoli? Limit broccoli. Okay. Okay. Six carbs in the broccoli and pork chop, eight ounces. So uh, no carbs in the pork. So there were uh, six carbs total in our dinner. So that was... That was day one of keto. Really, it was like two-thirds of the day was keto. (laughs) And we had, um, if you, lunch and dinner was 10 carbs. My uh, keto-grade avoid breakfast was 24 carbs. So on that app, you can set your macros to exactly what you want with whatever meal plan you, meal style or diet style or way of eating you want. You can set your macros to anything if you are, wanting higher protein or you, you have control over it. We set ours to a keto diet and it is, it was, I believe 5% carbs. That's right. 25% protein protein and 70% fats. Fats. We've never eaten like that before. So to have, to have it counting for us was very important. And we set it at a limit of 20 carbs per day day right and your breakfast was over what we wouldn't eat subsequently the next day that day your breakfast was over what we did for a long time yeah so the 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 whole day day, i still ate a a jimmy dean breakfast but this one was a bacon ham and veggie frittata it had six grams of carbs for lunch i had a baby bell gouda cheese some pork rinds mayo avocado and Bold tuna creations, hot buffalo style by Starkist. Yeah, wow, we were really we were. I was busy. You were busy, but I <laughs> I started making you lunches. Yeah, and you would take salads and olive yeah. oil. And, so that one was but, five grams of carbs for dinner. We had cooked <laughs> cooked red bell peppers, heavy cream, butter, and beef steak. Um, the Bell peppers had five grams of carbs, so seven grams. What I wanted to point out, and the reason I bring that up, is uh, if you're if you're looking at it, there's a bullseye type thing across the top. Oh right, yeah. and it gives you it sort of fills in the circle as you fill in your macros for the day. So um, that day we had eighteen carbs, or I had eighteen carbs, eighty four grams of protein. 142 um, fat, I needed a lot more fat. Yeah, but it felt like a lot. And we were just going like we were. And that's why I bring bring it up is we didn't didn't close the 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 rings rings. on any of them to include the fat. Hmm. Yeah, but we were were struggling on how, how do you eat in order to get enough in there? And so... (laughs) um yeah the next day was 11 carbs yeah 11 grams of carbs 142 grams of fat i mean so meal tracking was really important it was really really important for us and it really did help us out one of the things that we noticed pretty early on with this really low carb situation was first of all yeah i was kind of in the dumps for the first couple of days and really needing to up my salts and my electrolytes because you just dump all your fluids out when you stop eating carbohydrates. 
Uh, do you remember what it is? Three it to like, one. Is it three to one? It's three grams of water to one carbohydrate. Your, what your body needs. That your and body your, needs. Your, it will hold on to. So it. you just start dumping fluid. That's why you can lose weight, quote, weight really quickly whenever you do a, this type of diet. First couple of weeks, you're going to lose a lot of weight, but it's all water weight. Well, at any rate, once you get over the hump, so that was like, eh, that wasn't fun. But once I got over the hump, I was good. The thing that would happen was we would sit down and we would eat our meal at night, especially because that's when we ate together. And we would sit, we would eat our pork chop and our broccoli and all of our fats and really getting the, we, we're really kind of dialing it in. But it had been several weeks and we would be like getting done with dinner and saying, well, okay. Well, we ate, but there's no, there's no warm and fuzzy feeling when you get done eating. There's no, ah, oh, now I feel better. No, you know your stomach's full, right? But there's no, there's no kick. You don't get the, ah, oh, there. That's that's nice. There's zero brain thing, mm -hmm. and I was a little disappointing at first. Yeah. But that's coming off of it. Yep. Because carbohydrates aren't a food. <laughs> so as we came off of it, we were cut. It, we got to where we were okay with the a little bit of disappointment. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting. It was interesting, and I I don't know how many times we said, "Well, we ate." Well, we ate. Okay. Because we're supposed to. I mean, yeah. I guess we would get hungry, but uh, it. You just didn't get the feeling. So. But food-wise, like we transitioned to whole, whole foods rather yes. rather quickly. Yeah, um, we were we we missed things, and so I remember us using uh, a website called Keto Connect. Yeah, very good website and uh, carb carb manager net. I believe it is okay. You maybe so, put it in the show notes. I could do that. Okay. <laughs> it'd be helpful so we used really we used keto connect and carb manager mm -hmm. and we tried to find things that were similar to us yeah. the replacements the replacements and I, I we we replaced foods for quite a while we were making bread with egg whites yeah we were making muffins muffins um like, with uh, eggs 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 but Oh, we made all kinds of yeah. almond flour. We I did an entire Thanksgiving dinner, yeah, with substitutes. Yeah, cauliflower, cauliflower, cauliflower. You can do anything. Yeah, we with did a lot of rice cauliflower, rice cauliflower, mashed cauliflower. We did zucchini noodles. A lot of zoodles. a lot of zoodles. Yes, <laughs> we did. I we haven't eaten a zoodle. No, in a long in time. a long time. No pasta. <clears throat> um. So it, so it replaces the pasta really well. Um, so anyway, we did a lot of replacements at first. We really did things in our things in our meals that reminded us of the other food, and it filled filled the void. Yeah, a lot of desserts. We like desserts. Yeah, and trying to get the fats up, like we had mentioned, um, we made. The fat bombs, 
that had a lot of coconut, coconut oil, oil in them. And that's right. Really, the that that mindset transition of, well, yeah, we'll we'll eat the broccoli, but it's basically just so that we're not eating butter on a spoon, right? We're eating butter some other way. Right. It or, was a vehicle for the oil. The yeah, big salads would be a vehicle for the oil. For the olive oil. Yeah. To get our fats up. Yeah. And we, we really were olive oil, avocado oil, coconut, coconut oil. oil, butter. And and we would also, we did a lot of the uh, MCT oil at that time too. Yeah. We were doing keto coffee in yep. the mornings. Yep. To help get our fats up mm-hmm. and get the the MCT oil for our brain, get our ketones up. We wanted them up. Yeah. Okay, so in the middle of that, we were really liking it. It was working great. We had figured it out. We were substituting less. We weren't making quite as many weird recipes trying to make up other food, make foods that we don't eat anymore. And anyway, we were diving in a little bit further and heard about this carnivore thing. And I, Saladino, I think was his name, reading his book, listening more YouTube. And I had seen a Dr. George Eads she was promoting a more carnivore diet for people with mental health struggles. And I was just kind of really curious and said, but were we maybe like a year into it? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I really kind of want to try this. I want to do an experiment and see how it affects us, our bodies across the board and see if it's something that we we might want to recommend to Rebecca. Right. And Rebecca was episode 12, I think, Yes, is when she was chatting about some of her mental health uh, struggles after a traumatic brain injury. Right. And so we were we were willing to do whatever it took, really, to help her and, and thought, well, man, um, we're already keto. Mm-hmm. So a transition from a ketogenic diet to a carnivore diet, from what we had read, was not that big of a deal. And for us, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. No. You know, we, so we were like, yeah, let's do it. And to go from keto to carnivore was really easy. We were already super low carb. So to go from super low carb to no carb was, was I do, nothing. I do remember though, driving back and forth to work, listening to different podcasts and hearing people talk about that they were carnivore and thinking how weird that was. It's like so that, exclusive. It, it's so yeah that limiting that one like keto ketogenic. I I didn't have really a, a whole lot of of mental uh, hang up with that because I didn't know a lot about it. But carnivore, just mm-hmm. even the the word sounded extreme to me. And so listening to people talk about being carnivore, mm-hmm. that one seemed extreme. And so as as we made that decision to do it, it was a decision to go, it, at least in my mind, to the extreme. Yeah, we were going extreme. And we did for 14 months. Yeah. We were extreme. And we ate nothing but animal products. Yeah. So 
But like what? Okay. Yeah. So, what? So for breakfast, I believe that time we either had nothing or we had a keto coffee. Yeah. A lot of, yes. Keto like coffee. We would have coffee with um, ghee, I believe is what we would put in it. And some um, brain octane. Brain octane, MCT oil, mm -hmm. and some collagen powder, mm -hmm. I believe, was what mm -hmm. we would use for our keto coffee. And that was breakfast. And that was that was our breakfast. Mm -hmm. Lunch would be a meat of some type. Probably a, like a pound of ground beef. Yeah. Fats and all. And, and some cheese, probably. Right. Mm -hmm. Or um, like when I would, going to work... Uh, you or I would cut up whatever meat we had the night before and throw it in a container so I didn't have to try to cut it while I was working. You know, it, I, typically I was meeting with somebody yeah. while I was trying to eat lunch. And so just being able to use a fork made mm -hmm. it easier. So a meat of some sort, probably with butter on top mm -hmm. of it and a, a block of cheese yeah. cut up was probably lunch. And then the evening meal would be another meat of some sort, mm -hmm. probably butter on it and some cheese. But it wasn't just like a a piece of steak or we cooked oh, foods. Yeah. Like we would think, let's let I'm, I'm, I don't let's let's get in ahead. We ate a lot of meat. We ate a lot of dairy during that time, or some sorry, some dairy. Yeah, and still had. Plenty of fats. Yep. Let's talk about menu specifics in just a second. Okay. Uh, so let me back up just a second. Georgia Eads, she's a psychiatrist. She does have a website. She's got some really cool stuff out there with studies that they've done with people with mental health. Just mild depression and what changing your diet can do and how it can affect it. Really neat stuff. Check it out. Uh, I'll give it. I'll, I'll give you the information so that you can put it okay. in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be good. So let's talk about specifically day to day what we eat. Okay. Today. Today. Now, in our life, on a farm, with a lot of food. Yeah. Well, and we farm. Yeah. So that we have this food. We do. And it, it's a, a lot of work. So we're busy a lot, um, outside a lot. Mm -hmm. The weather sort of dictates if we have to come inside. I mean, obviously we do things outside even in the bad weather, but like it's limited. Mm -hmm. So today, so far, we had uh, four duck eggs with scrambled in butter, but our butter. Mm -hmm. So homemade butter mm -hmm. from our cows. Yep. Four duck eggs. For lunch, um, a small bowl of farm cheese. Yeah. That and put olive oil on top of it with some tahini seasoning. I had pickles with mine. Um, and then homegrown made pickles. Yeah, I had a, a bag of pork rinds with that. Yeah. Uh, you didn't. I did not. And for supper, we're having a podcast <laughs> so far we'll eat something <laughs> we don't know what yet okay but that's not typical that was a busy day yeah typically 
we will have a bowl of yogurt spiced with some cinnamon and some, we sweeten our, we don't use sugar. So we really like the Splenda brand Stevia sweetener. Liquid sweetener. Yeah. Liquid sweetener. Squirt. I'm going to squirt it in stuff. Sweeten it up. Yeah. Um, we, and I'll put some, so it's some sweet with some cinnamon. I'll add a little MCT oil, coconut oil, just to bump it up on the fats. And then maybe some salt. Yeah. Because our diet doesn't, our across the board, well, whenever you eat low carb and you eat like this, you tend not to get enough salt. So we do add salt, and I was using the Himalayan salt for a long time, and then kind of realized, wait a minute, I don't think we're getting enough iodine. So let's add iodine salt, and I do that in my yogurt, in our yogurt, and then a little bit of vanilla, and a little bit of vanilla, yep, with a glass of milk, yep, raw milk, whole cream and all, mm-hmm. milk. For lunch, we'll have a salad typically with veg. And sometimes we'll put some meat in there. Chicken would typically be a meat. Big salad, y'all. Big bowl. Yeah, no, don't think a little. No, we're not eating like some little side bowl. salad. It's we're a, eating a bowl. It's a big bowl of salad. Of like four big clumps of lettuce. Handfuls, yeah. Handfuls with tomatoes and maybe some pickles cheese for sure maybe some meat spices sometimes we make it italiany a salad olive oil and apple cider vinegar for the dressing and it's not just a little bit of olive oil no no it's probably close to a quarter of a cup yeah it's a lot of olive oil it's a lot it's a vehicle for the olive oil for dinner, it's a meat and a veg, or a, we call it a skillet. We'll brown some a meat, let's just say a couple of pounds of ground beef, brown it up, make it flavorful. Then sometimes we'll put cheese on top of that, crack, crack a couple of eggs on top of it, and make just a protein, flavorful protein, I don't know. Fairly high fat. Fairly high fat. And fairly low carb. Oh, yeah, real low skillet. carb. Yeah, a skillet meal. Yeah. It's our version of Hamburger Helper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Add cheese and egg. Yeah. And whatever flavoring that we want. Yep. That's our typical day. Oh, and we do like sweet things, so we make desserts. We like to make cheesecake, We, but we use Splenda, or not Splenda, we use Stevia to sweeten it. Swerve. Swerve. A uh, uh, Powdered uh, confectioner sugar swerve, and um, we don't put a crust on it. Right. We like homemade ice cream. We ate Rebel ice cream. It's a great brand of ice cream that is low carb. They use stevia to sweeten. Uh, yeah, in our ice cream, we use a powdered, powdered confectioner's swerve, swerve as well. We th- there are now options for boxed brownies and and cake mixes and such that you can find along with icings that they're sweetening, they're making things with just different ingredients. Yeah, that we do eat occasionally. Uh, we like to eat pancakes and waffles. 
We don't really do pancakes so much, but we do waffles. They're called chaffles. I think it's a dumb name. But it's made with cheese, so that's why it's a chaffle. Yeah, it's eggs and mozzarella cheese and a little bit of almond flour and then uh, some type of sweetener, sugar replacement, whatever sweetener of choice. Or you don't have to. And so we make waffles like that. And that, that'll be our big Sunday breakfast with bacon or sausage or whatever. And, but you can take those and you can make them savory. Yeah. So you could take that same truffle recipe, put some cumin in it and Mexican that thing up, put just some Mexican meat on top of it or salad. Yeah. You got you a yeah. gordito. When we do that, <laughs> I like to replace the mozz with some cheddar. Some cheddar. It adds a Completely lot. changes the flavor. Yeah. And there are a lot... On the internet, look up chaffle recipes, keto, probably on Keto Connect, I can't remember. But at any rate, there are a lot of chaffle recipes with a myriad of different ways that you can make yeah. bread-like things. Yeah, yeah. And we still eat those. Yeah. I, I we mean, enjoy that. We've we've used those for um, like bread for breakfast sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've used those as a bread for like a a, a Beef sandwich. Yes. Like the Italian yeah. beef. Because they're crispy. They hold together really well. Yeah. Like a almost yeah, like a bread or a bun. Because the the keto bread that the recipes that are out there that just doesn't hold together. Yeah. To make like a sandwich. I haven't really had a sandwich in a long time. Hmm. But if I was going to it would be Jersey Mike's, y'all. <laughs> okay. So that's pretty much what we eat in a typical day. One of the things that is really hard when you eat like this is traveling. Yeah. That's when everything, that's when you realize I, what food is available to yeah, people. That, that's when hard. We're, when we're home, it doesn't feel weird. No. When we're traveling, it feels weird. Yeah. Uh, Go into, say, when we're on the road, go into a pilot. Any convenience store. Or any yeah. convenience store. Well, they, yeah, but they have food. Store, but, yeah. Or, or, or Flying J. Go into yeah. a truck stop type place that you're looking for a few things while you're there. And go ahead and try to find something to eat. It's, it is hard. These days they do have sandwiches. So you can get little packages of cheese and meat. That's helpful. Yep. They're expensive, but they do have some. And pork rinds. Yeah. So for me, when I was, when I was working and would go temporary duty TDY, I would normally, they, um, Bulletproof Coffee makes a packet that allows you to, you just, um, dump it into your coffee and it has ghee and MCT, powdered MCT oil and, um, collagen powder already in one little packet. So I would, I would take those and that would be my breakfast for lunch. I would normally be able to find a salad somewhere. And then for dinner, I would try to find a steak restaurant. I always wanted um, folks to go like, let's go eat steak. And I would have steak and broccoli with butter on top. Yep. Um, uh, Most restaurants you can find a meat that doesn't have a bunch of other stuff with it. Um, like I would not get casserole type meals. 
No. It would it would I would try to go as whole food as I can uh, as I could and stick with a meat and some type of vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, by that point I I had a pretty good idea of the how many carbs were in what vegetables. So mm-hmm. try to avoid the carrot and sweet potato and go more for the broccoli or cauliflower type veggies. Mm-hmm. And that that would be travel. Um I would pack cheese. I would pack, um, I made quite a bit of beef jerky at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I would pack myself beef jerky and cheese uh, that I would take with me. And that would be my, on the airplane or in the airport type snacks. Um, I uh, I think that's that's about it as far as traveling goes. I would, I would take um, the little squirt stevia. And if, if a person liked boiled eggs, that would work. You, yeah, don't, you don't really like those. I don't those. love them. Um, I would I would do decaf coffee and some squirt stevia would be my sweet at the end of the day. Mm. So that was... When you're traveling. Yeah, that was... Another thing to do when you're traveling is fast. Yeah. Don't eat. But you can... Any, rest, any of the fast food restaurants, even if that's your only option... You can get at things with no bun these days. Yeah, I remember I was traveling with a, another guy, and we were driving to, um, we'll just say a, a meeting. Yeah. Um, and we stopped at Burger King because that was all that there was. And he was very much taken aback by the fact that I ordered two bacon double cheeseburgers with no bun. And then went to I, king I, like, burgers they were, they were king burgers king that's burgers. right not bacon double cheeseburgers they king, were two king bacon, bacon king, king burgers, burgers no bun yeah and consume the whole thing he yeah. was like that skinny guy yeah i know <laughs> that's yeah that's what he said yeah <laughs> yeah except he didn't say guy no yeah. he didn't yeah so you can you can go into any fast food restaurant these days and Find, I w- yeah, it is what it is, but you can find something to eat. Yeah, it's not not the best, but get 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 meats. Yeah, get the get the bacon burger with no no bun. Don't eat the fries. Get a couple of them, and that's what we do. And so for a for a lifestyle, we we talked about how low carb we went at the very beginning of yeah. things, and we were trying to stay. I think 27 is what mine said, but basically we were trying to stay somewhere less than 30 carbs, somewhere in the 20 carb grams of carbs per day mm-hmm. range. Um, Dr. Colbert in the Keto Zone Diet book we've mentioned before on the podcast, he talks about a, a daily keto, um, sorry, daily keto carb limit. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, you can, Find it scientifically by testing your ketone levels uh, as you can increase your carbs slowly. Mm-hmm. And as your body stops producing ketones, you know, okay, that's my limit. And then go back down on your carbs from that. And that's for folks that want to say, I really want to introduce carbs back into this my life. This is after you've been on a strict ketogenic yeah. diet for... About six months. Okay. So that's where I was going was at about the six month point, you have at now trained your body to 
to prefer ketones as a fuel. Mm-hmm. And you can, once you've gotten your body trained there, you can start to add carbohydrates back in and find your uh, keto carb limit. Mm-hmm. And then if you're wanting more carbs in your life, you can go up, like I said, increase up to that limit and then back down. Somewhere around, people can typically hum pretty well around 70. Yeah, he talks about it. The The range for most people is in that 50 to 70 carb range. Some people he mentions can be up to 100. And others, if they get anything above 20, their body stops producing ketones. Mm. So really, it, 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 it varies person to person. But um, once your body is trained to burn the ketones, then even if you do add a few more carbs, your body will go back to burning ketones again. So it it's a it, it it can become an actual lifestyle and not something not it's not a I'm on a two week fad diet no. type of thing. It it can become a lifestyle. And it has become a lifestyle for us. And the place where we are now is is in that 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 lifestyle, that way of living. We eat whole food. Yeah. That's pretty much, and I used to tell the kids that when they were younger, still living at home, and they would be health conscious and want be wanting to make good dietary nutrition decisions. And I would just tell them, look, if it is what it always was, eat it. Eat it. If it, any, even if it, a rice, Rice is what it was. Yes, it's been a little bit processed, but it is all what it always was. Whatever it is, if it's whole food, eat it. Yeah. That's that's close to where we are now. We don't eat white potatoes. We don't eat a lot of starchy things. We don't eat corn and such. But at, for the most part, our way of eating at this point is if it is what it always was, it's okay. Well, five five years in, we have a a pretty good feel for the amount of fat that we need to eat in a day, right. the amount of protein that we need to eat in a day. So, like, right. we haven't used the Carb Manager app in a couple of years. Right. You know, we we really got away from, as you said, you you really don't like tracking Mm-mm. the macros. Right. And so, once we got a real good handle on the what foods had what in them, and then uh, on, with our body, how we feel when we're in ketosis. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it's fairly easy now. I think for us to eat what we need to eat, like right. we don't, we don't have to just do the, like we haven't had five years of macro tracking through Carb Manager. Oh no, we did that the strict tracking for about three months, if I remember correctly. I'd I'd have to go yeah. look through the app. But it was about it, it was, was about that three to four months of fairly strict tracking, and then at that point, like, okay, we got it. We would use the app to look up a recipe or a food that we don't we didn't eat a lot. Right? Hey, what about this? Um, so you yeah, know. it has all kinds of foods in there. Yeah. So we mentioned that we went carnivore as a as sort of a, a test yep. to see if it would maybe help Rebecca mm-hmm. as far as mental health goes, but we didn't talk about really any anything that we found. Like what what did we find when we went carnivore? Did did anything? Well, first change? of all, did it was doable. 
Yeah. Okay. We thought, oh, that was really that's going to be really extreme, and it was at first, and then it just became. We we must have liked it well enough because we did it for over a year. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We enjoyed it. It was like it was almost it was, it was like it was going keto, and that felt good, and then for me personally, going carnivore was like next level yeah the way i felt yeah me too i felt my brain was next level clear my mental yeah just my mental acuity my energy my body was it just really it really liked it it responded really really well yeah i felt strong and healthy I don't know any other way to explain it. Yeah. And, and like, let's talk about mood. Oh. Um, mental focus, clarity, mood, like the some of the things that, it, like, you can measure a gram of carbohydrate, right. but you can't really measure mood, you know? So some of those types of things, what did you well, find? Well, for me, I felt, I did feel more stable because as a late 40s at the time, female, I should have been a pretty much a hot mess. I, I sh you should at that point. You're either you're in menopause or you're going into menopause or you're just, it's just wacky in your head or you should be the little bit of cray cray happening. <laughs> and like we're given that, you know, because you're going to be in your 40s as a female, hot flashes, all the things that go on then. I'm not saying I was always in a perfect mood, but or am, but I don't really suffer from that. So without aspect any, of it, like scientific evidence, it would be it's anecdotal. Probably a your your hormones stay ba fairly balanced without any kind of spikes. Yeah, and I'm not on any kind. Yeah, you know, I'm 50 now, and on no hormone help at all. Yeah. No spikes. No, I'm pretty even keel. So I would say that it helps to maintain hormone hormonal balance. And for me. Yeah. So mood for for me as well, I found much more stable in mm -hmm. the mood department. And that I wouldn't say that it, I was in a good mood. It's not that. It's just stable. Like there's no no real ups or downs in in mood. It's just sort right. of no, just yeah. right here, you know. Well, for one, you don't get hangry. No. Either one of us. Mm -mm. We get hungry and we can get moody a little bit, but not the hangry that you suffer from whenever you're carb dependent. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So then as, as we were into it, then we thought, yes, this is doable. Yeah. Because that first thing was, is this even doable? Yep. Or are the people that are doing this just crazy? Mm -hmm. um, not saying we're not crazy. Maybe we are. No, we but, totally are, dude. But it it was <laughs> it was doable though. Yeah. Very doable. And Very we doable. were we were healthy and felt great and you know, it yes. it didn't cause us to to all of a sudden go crazy, you know, like no? and so I 
if I remember correctly, we did recommend it to Rebecca. Yes, we did. Yes. Like you need, you should try this. And I don't, I don't think she did at that time, Mm -mm. but then by the time she moved out here, it was pretty close to that. Yeah. And it has served her really well. So the, like the the reason that we did it didn't end up really working out, but for us, it did work out. Right. Yeah. Yes. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was a great experiment. Yeah, I thought so. Too. And I, well, I think I'm headed back into a carnivore phase. So I, I think, we, and you mentioned it earlier, that we're probably going to, now that the farm is basically established, I see us moving into a, what is available from the farm is probably what we're going to eat. Right. And so we have some of the vegetables from the garden that are preserved. Mm-hmm. I could see us eating those. And when they're gone, I could see us not mm-hmm. and transitioning to more of, well, we're producing meat now. You know, we can produce meat through the winter mm-hmm. and we do. And mm-hmm. we have meat in the freezer mm-hmm. and that will probably be what we eat. And then when the spring comes around and the start getting stuff from the garden, okay, let's... And maybe that's what we were the way we're supposed to eat. Yeah. With the seasons. What? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are talking about that, you know. E- even the people that aren't pushing really ketogenic or carnivore yeah. or anything like right. that, it's eat things in seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the fall is, is a harvest. There are fruits. There are nuts. Mm-hmm. Eat it, you know. Mm-hmm. Th- it, historically you would put on a little weight that mm-hmm. would serve you well through the winter right by the time springtime rolls around you'd probably lost the weight you know and well, yeah. so there's there's some historical precedent to what you're saying yeah. absolutely so i see us headed in that kind of direction yeah we do like to eat desserts we do yeah and we talked about that a little bit um we, we, a lot of times right now, we'll have a bowl of yogurt mm-hmm. for dessert. Yeah. And maybe spice it slightly differently than what we have for breakfast. So instead of cinnamon, maybe we'll have nutmeg or, or if pumpkin we, pie spice or something. Or if we've had eggs for breakfast, that's our, we can have yogurt at night. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. But there are a lot of low-carb Recipes again. Go back to Keto Connect. Yeah, uh, recipes. There's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple that they they have really devoted a lot of time and energy and effort. And man, they have come up with so many really great recipes for sweet stuff. Yeah, other things too, but the sweet stuff. That's where it's at because that's the thing that you that we crave. Yeah, whenever we're trying to change this the way we eat yeah nobody really i mean we don't want to change a steak a steak is a steak yeah uh we haven't talked about snacks and i think the reason is because we don't eat snacks we don't eat snacks <laughs> we don't eat snacks not really no yeah. we'll, we'll have some pork rinds as our chips with dips or something we do like to but the the standard american diet has 
three main meals and at least two snacks. Oh yeah, no, no snacking. That's we part, don't snack. That's like part of the diet, right? Dude, that's you, part of what right. you're supposed to do. You right. eat breakfast, you eat a snack, you eat lunch, you eat a snack. We talked about that last but, week. Yeah, but fear not. If you have eaten four duck eggs and some butter at eight or seven or nine or whatever time you eat your breakfast... You don't really want to eat a snack. There's, there's no need no, for a snack. No, there's not. If you have if you have filled your tank with good stuff that's going to carry you through. The, Michaela, she started eating eggs with us in the mornings. And she's a kid. She likes a snack. She doesn't even snack. No. Oh, did you have a snack? Oh, no. No, I'm good. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right? Eat something that's going to stay with you. Yeah. And fat does a really good job. Yes, it does. It does a very good job of that. It makes you feel full and then you stay that way. Yeah. And so if, especially like as you're transitioning into a ketogenic diet, that is one of the things that we noticed was, Mm -hmm. wow, I'm, I'm not hungry. Yeah. They're really not. And so snacks just sort of went away. I haven't eaten very much at all today. No. But we ate those eggs this morning. Yeah. And it has just, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Probably go eat here in a little bit. But yeah, they've really held all day. Yeah. All day. But what if you don't live on a farm? We live on a farm. All of our food is like right here. And that's why we live on a farm. One of our kids said, hey, make sure you talk about why you have a farm. Well, we kind of have in other episodes, but the reason that we have this farm is because we were buying really, really expensive meats and foods, and we thought, man, this is really expensive, and it's really, really good, and we like it, and so, hey, why don't we go do it ourselves? We could just grow this really good food ourselves, and just jumped into it. Yeah. Let's just go do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's that much of a priority for us. And so we do have the farm. We do raise our own meat, but not everybody does that. Yeah. For me, it's we've all heard it so many times. It's the outside of the grocery aisle. Yeah. Or it's the outside aisles of the grocery store. Anything in that outside aisle is what it always was. You got your veg, you got your meat, you got dairy. All all the way around, just stay out of the jungle, <laughs> stay out of the middle of the grocery store, and the, you're you will, except for the oils. I think they're in the middle. Yeah, they they should move those to the outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, this middle, it's the it's the outside aisles. If you eat only in the outside aisles, you'll be pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. most people can find a local farmer. Oh yeah, oh find a local you know, farmer. The farmers markets idea. are are yeah. a lot more popular these days. They like, are. There's a there's Farmers markets around in a lot of places. That's true. Um, buying meat from somebody and out of the back end of their pickup truck is becoming more popular these days. Where, I hear it's in vogue. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I, I again, one of those things that we thought, mm, okay. Yeah. But people, like, we show up with our products and people are happy really to get them. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think. Yeah, the outside aisles of the store and local producers mm-hmm. really are a, a, probably the the ticket. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. So speaking of farm, you have a yeah. farm update? Man, 
farm update this week, it feels like everybody is on the move. Oh, they we are. Have, we have done we have some farming. Done some farming. We have done some farming, y'all. <laughs> so Goodness. The, the cold that we mentioned last week, uh, that put an end to the garden. Garden's done. So the garden's done, and whenever our garden is done, that means it's time for the chickens to move in. So uh, we wrap our garden with a poultry net year-round anyway because we want to keep all of the animals out of it. So uh, we have an electrified poultry net around the garden. Mm -hmm. And so it was a matter of we rolled the chickshaws out of the net that they were in and rolled them into the garden and let the chickens out. And so now the, the oh, chickens are, Those are, are some happy chickens. And they are, they're finding all kinds of things oh, yes. in the garden. So yeah. they're, they're loving that. Uh, we moved the ducks into the pumpkin patch. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the garden and the pumpkin patch had grown up with a lot of grass. Mm -hmm. And so having the birds in there is really helpful. The ducks are... Um, They've probably increased almost fifty percent the amount of eggs that we're getting. Mm -hmm. The ducks have that. Yeah. Instead, of, normally when we move the ducks, they they stop laying for a couple of weeks, and this time they were so happy they just started laying more. So. So you might be asking yourself why we would move our birds and such into the into our garden areas. The reason it, twofold: one, they can eat all of the things that are in there, and that's less food that we have to feed them and it just does them very good. Number two, they scratch, they peck, they poop. They are turning and fertilizing and making that soil even better just by being in there. And it's right outside of our front door. And we absolutely love when the chickens are in the garden. Yeah, It's so fun. It's fun to watch them. For one thing, it makes it really easy to just toss them some scraps. That's is, true. You know, the kitchen scraps go to the birds. Yeah. And then you're right. They do a great job. We have a lot of rows in the garden. And within a couple of months, they'll be just It'll flat. Be flat. Yeah. It will be. You can I can see it already. And they've yeah. only been in there just for a couple of days. Yeah. The lambs got moved. They're yeah. on new ground. Uh, the ewes, we moved... Yeah, we the put the ewes. rams in with the ewes and moved, moved them, them all, all of them down to a new, new spot. The cows, we fed them some hay for a few days, let the grass kind of catch up so we could make another round with them, and they're on the move again. Yep, we'll we'll definitely get one more round of grazing through the uh, through the farm. Yep, uh, the grass is growing really slow right now, mm. so I don't think it's not looking like we'll get two rounds. Probably so not. it's probably. One more round and then probably to their winter pasture and start start the hay. Yeah. I hope we can make it to December the 1st. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It'd be nice. Last year we were feeding hay early November, like yeah. full up. We were yeah. done because of the drought. Uh, the drop site is working well. The orders are coming in and people are meeting us in town with what they need. So yeah. in lieu of the farmer's market in town, we are offering people to, we will meet you in town with your order. You can call, text, or go on the website and make an order. You won't pay for it there. You'll pay for it in town whenever you meet us. And if you have any other questions about that, please feel free to contact us. Yeah, it's working well. It I is. Yeah. You got a did you know? I do have a did you know. And this one uh, came from 
Bill, our new friend, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Um, it's an essay by Raw Egg Nationalist, and it was a really good essay. It's quite long. The, the whole thing is basically how highly processed foods are setting our children up to fail is the the premise of the article. Uh, I'll just go through some main points of that article and then some information as I continued to dig that I found. So main points on that article, they called out British uh, toddlers, so ages two to five, have the worst diet in the world uh, as far as the toddler diet. They consume the highest rate of processed food, almost two-thirds of their average daily caloric intake is from processed food. U.S. toddlers, not much better. They are at 58%. So 58% of calories for U.S. toddlers are coming from processed foods. That might lead you to ask, well, what is a processed food? Mm-hmm. So the in this essay, the definition that he uses is foods prepared in a factory wrapped in plastic and contain ingredients that you wouldn't find in, find in a normal home kitchen, such as emulsifiers, stabilizers, humectants, preservatives, so those types of things. If you wouldn't find those in a normal kitchen, then you can um, rest assured it is processed food. Studies show we eat processed foods 30% faster than normal food because they're so easy to eat. You don't even really have to chew chew, them. And they are um, engineered by scientists to be extremely satisfying to Mm -hmm. us. And so it allows us to eat them much faster, which means that our normal bodily processes that tell us that we're full don't have time to work, register, to right. register, and mm-hmm. so you end up eating more. Yep. They are foods of convenience, and they are most convenient for manufacturers because they are cheap and easy to manufacture, mm-hmm. and they last a long time. Yeah, long shelf life from those things they put in them. Yeah, there was a, some discussion um, uh, about how similar food items are based on their ingredients. So the main differences between donuts, breads, and Cheerios are really the quantities of hydrogenated oil and sugar. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with ramen noodles, et cetera. So yeah. those types of processed foods, it's really a, a matter of the ratios of the hydrogenated oils and sugar that lead you to a different product, not mm-hmm. necessarily that it's anything really different from an ingredient perspective. Uh-huh. And then uh, uh, he, he goes into discussion of corn and the fact that it's subsidized since World War One. Taxpayers are supporting mega companies that control corn production. Corn is a major ingredient in a lot of these uh, processed foods. It. And it's not just the um, corn syrup. It's all kinds of different products from corn. So yeah. that led me to a little bit deeper study. And I found a 2021 study published by the National Institute of Health, NIH, one of the things that they, or one of the uh, data points that they quoted in their study is the U.S. food supply is dominated by packaged food and beverages, and that contributes around 75% of daily calorie intake for U.S. population is packaged food. 75%? 75. Yep. 
the study that they did, it was down mm. the the people that they studied, this study that I was looking at, the, the people that they studied, they found that it was somewhere around 50%, mm -hmm. but they were quoting a different study that found wow. 75%. Um, wow. A, they quoted another study that found that over 70% of daily calorie intake and over 90% of total sugar intake in children and adolescents are from junk foods mm -hmm. or yeah. processed foods. Yeah. A 2022 NIH study, National Institute of Health study, found that the consumption of ultra-processed foods increased among all U.S. adults uh, over a 15-year period from 2002 to 17 from 53% to 57%. So there's about a 4% increase in the consumption of ultra-processed foods. Um, the food that went up the most was ready-to-eat or heat-and-eat meals like frozen dinners. Mm. That's the one that increased the most. Mm. Whole food consumption decreased from well, I had to 33% <laughs> to about 27% and that was mainly due to people eating less meat and dairy. Hmm. We talked about the yeah. the, the campaigns against the campaigns it. against meat specifically. Notably and one of the things that I found um the the worst I, I would say Notably, older adults aged 60 plus experienced the sharpest increase in consuming ultra-processed foods. Mm -hmm. This age group ate the least ultra-processed foods and most whole foods at the beginning of the period studied. And this was 2001 to 2017. So this is, we're not like talking about the 50s. Right. So... They ate the most whole foods at the beginning of the period, yet ate the most ultra-processed foods and the least whole foods at the end of the period. Mm. So in a 15-year period there, um, people, uh, older adults, age 60 plus, they swapped from eating most whole, least ultra-processed to most ultra-processed, least whole. Wow. And that's across the age groups. Wow. Why? Yeah. With that category, I wonder why. And I don't know. That's, that's, hmm. Like our young and our old, that's not old, you know, I mean, that's. No, but the, the population extremes, the age yeah, extremes the age of the population. <clears throat> is where it seems to be hitting the hardest. The hardest. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, it it probably goes back to what we said there was that they're foods of convenience. Yeah. And so... Heat and eat. Heat and eat. You, you know, probably um, looking for a, a more convenient meal. I don't, I don't want to cook anymore or... I'm now alone and I don't want to cook for myself. I don't want to cook for just one person or, or just two people. Or even just two people. Mm. It's easier just to throw something in the microwave. Well, yeah. And well, that category went up too. The microwavable yeah. meals yep. went up. Yeah. 
So with the fact that there's more on the market, there's more options on the market. Yeah. With we're not talking about just regular hungry man TV dinners. We're talking about meals frozen, yeah. ready to eat, heat yeah. and eat. Why would I cook? Why would I go get a potato and some onions and all of those ingredients when I can just do that instead? Yeah. And so why why do we care about processed foods or ultra processed foods? Um, the, it is linked to obesity, weight gain, diabetes, heart disease. Like there are a lot of studies, lots of studies. Do I was doing the a little bit of research. You were saying we're emulsifiers. Okay, we're going to thicken it. Humido. I don't even know. I don't know. Know all the words that you said. I yeah. know the preservatives and such that are in the foods, the ultra processed foods. Humectants are humectants things that maintain moisture. So those little things that they put into the pill bottles and <laughs> and silica, the silica. That's to, that's to maintain your moisture level, and on it it says "Do not eat." Yeah. So th this they're is not, not food. Yeah, they're not putting that in the food. But okay, but putting, it's something similar. It's something similar. Yeah. So there's there's definitely a correlation to increased processed food intake with increased diabetes, obesity, weight metabolic gain, issues. heart disease, metabolic disease. Like it, it is a, a known, and it's not just correlation. Any of them carcinogens? Yep. Yep, sure is. Mm -hmm. And so then you go from processed to ultra processed. <clears throat> like even cheese is processed. You're ultra processed. Now you're getting into frozen pizzas, you know, those types of things. Right. Um, Doritos. You yeah. know, that's that's your ultra processed like ultra processed foods. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and there's the definite causation studies. So but and I have to just say, there's a a whole lot of difference between eating it occasionally, having some. Of course we don't eat it very much ever. But there's a difference between having the thing occasionally and that being seventy-five percent of your caloric intake. There's a vast difference between, hey, you know, you know, every now and then we would have a little baby cake or something when we were growing up occasionally, but we ate real food like the rest of the time. There's a such a difference in its volume too. Yeah. Well, a, a different study said that the average, um, average serving of junk food was five, uh, you know, if you if you go across age groups and across um, gender and everything, the the average was about five five servings of junk food a day. A day. A day. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a problem. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, some were four point seven, and right. some were five point two. But servings of junk food a day. Yeah. Of course, yeah, servings are little teensy tiny things that nobody eats anyways. Well, it's a bag of chips. It's a candy bar. Yeah. It's a, this, all of the snacks that we're supposed to be eating, wow. the, the convenience snack is processed 
or most likely ultra processed. Mm. To include the ones that say that they're healthy and they're not. The granola bars. Yeah. And, I mean, those are ultra processed as well. Yep. Wow. So ba back, makes to, the, yeah, back to the essay, his point was um, in the name of convenience and as a result of all of the science that has gone into making the foods extremely hyper palatable so that you not only eat it, you want to eat more of it, you eat it faster. Like all of that is what we're giving to our children. Mm. And, and then now the, the, the idea that children will grow up eating what they ate when they're, when they were younger. Yeah. And so the toddlers that are now consuming, you know, between half and two thirds of their calories being this ultra processed food, mm -hmm. uh, they will continue to eat that as they grow up. And so the, the point of the essay was we're sabotaging our children. Mm. Wow. Yes, we are. Mm. First of all, they're not going to know how to cook. And second of all, they're going to be addicted to this stuff. Yeah. Already are. Yeah. By age five. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. They, they absolutely are. So my only recommendation, my, my back to my what I told the kids, you know, my main recommendation to people with what they eat is if it is what it always was, eat it. Yes, we do things. We don't eat a lot of fruit. We don't eat it. But eat if it is what it was and it's whole and not ultra processed turned into whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but in the essay, he... Just real food, just people. Referred to it as normal. Oh. Normal food. Oh, eat normal food? Yeah. Yeah. It's just normal. He didn't say real or whole or oh. anything. It, it was just normal. <laughs> just like, but, but let's define it. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Man. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. always have to be salad. No. But just normal, real food. Yeah. Real. Yeah. The recommendations on one of the studies, uh, uh, NYU study, was revise dietary guidelines, make marketing restrictions like they did with cigarettes, say yeah. package labeling changes, potentially even add taxes to soda or other ultra processed foods. And um, I believe we talked about that once already. Yeah. So another thing that those are all sort of on the, the negative side of things. If you want to focus more on the positive side of things, it would be increase the availability, the accessibility, the affordability of whole foods. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to subsidize something, maybe don't subsidize the corn, maybe subsidize, you know, something different. Mm. Yeah. So I agree. That's some that's some potential. Wow. How could how could we make things better? Oh, yeah. How about automatically? Uh, don't make it so hard for people to accept EBT, so that farmers markets, what more farmers markets can and farmers yeah. themselves. Yeah. True. That would be a, that would be a great start. It would be so that it would be more accessible to yeah. to everyone. Yeah. True. Yeah. Very true. So okay. Did you well, know? Thank, no, I did not. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us again and listening. We hope you've enjoyed this. If you are enjoying this, please remember to subscribe. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button and make a comment. Let us know what you eat, how you do your daily, uh, you know, diet. Have you tried ketogenic? Have you been carnivore? Are you looking to get off of the standard American diet? What changes you'd like to make? If you have any further questions, leave it in the comments. Yeah, and uh, in the description last week, I added a lot of a lot of different resources. I we we said we would, and I actually did yes, add those. They and are so there. you can check that out. Last week's episode in the description, mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of resources. Yeah, and we continue to educate ourselves, buy new books, watch watch things. It. It's ever-changing, and there are more and more people getting out there into that space and putting good, sound information out there. Yeah. yeah. Glucose goddess. She's Well, it's called the Glucose Glucose Revolution. Revolution. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but the book is called the Glucose Revolution. Yeah. And it is good. We'll have to maybe talk about it one day. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Maybe we'll have her on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) that's funny it was funny (laughs) okay well until next time bye y'all bye y'all